and blessings, peace and abundant blessings to each and every one of you. Welcome back to Bad Thought Therapy. Bad Thought Therapy. I pray that you have created some sunshine today. Don't forget you have the power to create. We have been born with certain gifts. The Most High gave us some gifts that everybody has. and Everybody can't, maybe can do the same things in the same way. But one of the things that the Most High God has given us is the ability to create. And I don't want you to ever, ever forget that. You have the power to create good, to create love, to create joy, to create peace. You have that power and this is why I do bad thought therapy. The first thing you've got to do is believe that before we can even talk about the things, the actions you need to take to be able to create. But you have to believe that because if you don't believe it, you know the old saying, you cannot achieve it. But if you believe it, you can achieve it. And so you have to understand. And if you're dealing with bad thoughts, you're not, you know, you're not happy, you're feeling depressed. You're not feeling satisfied. You're not feeling gratified. You have the ability to create the thoughts that you want in order for you to be more empowered to take the actions that you need. And I think I've already dropped my episode on the Carly Russell story. Um, that's not what I'm going to talk about totally, but I just want to mention that that I think in this case, and, and it's so unfortunate, and it's so sad. Um, I think sometimes people are so unhappy with their lives. And and I know what it's like to feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and you don't know how you're going to get out. And so what I learned though is that I can create goodness, I can create joy, I can create peace. And I as I create gratitude and I create hope, those two things allow me to hang on and keep moving forward even though there may be some things I wish I could change that I can't. There are some things you can change and there are some things that are beyond your power to change. But either way, and this is what I want you to get and don't ever, ever forget this, either way, you can experience joy, goodness, and peace. And those are the things, these intangible things, I just think that people dismiss them and underrate them these things are more powerful than material things. Yes, I want a better house. Yes, I want a better car. No, no, that, yes, I want to travel around the world. These are things that I will die in my heart wanting to do and prayerfully at some point I'll be able to do. But the bottom line is, if I don't, guess what? I'm still going to be happy. You know why? Because I create that. I'm still going to do good because I create it. I'm still going to have peace because I created and guess what ladies and gentlemen you can do it too you can have it too and believe it or not it doesn't even take a lot it does you know you gotta someplace you know for me to travel to Tanzania I gotta have money right but do you know to create joy I don't have to have any money I can find something so simple so free and enjoy that because I believe that the thing gives me joy and I have the thought that it gives me joy and it will give me joy and that's what's happening the young lady and so many other young people God I'm concerned oh my God almighty God about our young people because what has happened is they have gotten distracted 
and they are focused on the things that don't really matter, the things that are mentally hurting them. You know, I think social media in itself is not a bad thing. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with social media, but I do think you have to be careful how you engage with anything because everything has a good and bad side. There are certain part of things about us as humans that we do and it's just a part of our humanity. We have a natural tendency to compare ourselves to other people. We have a natural tendency to do that. So you have to use the supernatural. You have to go beyond your natural not to do that because it can be a very unhealthy thing. Because in life, there are always going to be people that have more, that can do more, that look better. You know, that's just life. And then there will always be people who have less and maybe not look as good or maybe not have as much, all of those things. And so what you have to do is we look too often social media, what it does, because you have, you know, millions of people posting about the great lives that they have. You have millions of people posting about, and some of this is true and some of it's not true. Some of it is true. Some of it's not true. And they're showing you all this and it's kind of like a person who's starving and they're looking through a window and they see a person sitting at a table eating this meal with everything they want to eat. And they can't go inside that restaurant or they can't go inside that space. And so it only makes their starvation worse because while they're looking at that person eating, they're not looking for the food that they need to be looking for for their sustenance. And that's what happens with social media. You have all these people posting this and you know, even, you know, even on our, um, you know, like YouTube, and I know there are going to be other platforms as well. You know, of course, you've got TikTok, other things like that. And you've got these people posting and showing you things. And some of it, not all of it is not bad. Now, let me just say this. All of it is not bad. All of it is not bad. Because, you know, my daughter and I, I talk about social media a lot. <laughs> you know, she always reminds me, Mom, don't forget about it. There's a good side. And, you know, she learned this and that. And I do, too. I use, I love YouTube. I've just listened to something so powerful. I'm trying to write this book and I just heard this um, person talk about something. She talked about it in a little different way, but it was something, she, just something she said that was so powerful. And I said, wow, this is what I've been thinking. And I, you know, just affirmation for me. But my point is that you look at all this, this is what Carly Russell did. And then you don't have it. You may be working a job that you think, I got to work on this job right now. I don't really want to go. Because what it does is it shows you all the glamour and the glitz. It doesn't show you the blood, the sweat, the tears, because I don't care who it is, unless they were born with a silver spoon, they've had to work hard for whatever they have. When you see these entertainers, most black people that have, that are millionaires and billionaires, most of them, not all of them, most of them got that wealth through the entertainment business, entertainment, sports, um, singing, dancing, acting, entertainment. But what you don't see, because you see them, you know, in their shining glory, you don't see those people work hard. They get up early. They go to bed late. You know, I marveled when Oprah Winfrey, who is in the entertainment business, she's an entertainment business mogul. I marveled when Oprah, when she had her show that came on every day. And I was reading something because she was in a lot, you know, so many magazine articles were written about her in, in her heyday. And they still are. But I read this one article that just struck me. And it was that Oprah Winfrey, she was a billionaire at this point. She hadn't um, given up her show yet. 
She got up. She still got up at 4 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. And we see all the glory and the billions and the influence and all of that. But how many people could consistently get up day after day at 4? I have to go back to work. I thought it was Monday, but Tuesday, next Tuesday. And I'm dreading my whole schedule because I gotta, cause I've been up. I'd use what I call a vampire schedule. I'm up real late and I sleep in later. But I'm dreading because I got to get up at 5. I got to go back to getting up at 5. And once I get into my rhythm, I'm good. But I'm saying, here's a lady. And no, who, how many people would do that? But they'll see Oprah's limousine. They'll see her mansions. They'll see her money. They'll see her whatever, whatever. You're watching this stuff and you don't know there is a story behind that glory. And what we have to do is stop looking at them. And we have to, the supernatural is where we resist looking at things. Because what it is, is it's affecting you. And I don't care how, you know, how wonderful you are and how strong you are. It is going to think because that's a human tendency to think, wow, you know, and I do it all the time. I was like, you know, sometimes it motivates me. Sometimes I say, well, God, you know, if I had that, they squandered a million dollars, you know, and I said, oh, if I had that, I could have done this, this, that, and the other. You get like that because we naturally do that, but it's not healthy. And that's what's happening to a lot of people. That's why they're ending their lives. That's why they're hurting people. Because at the end of the day, they're looking at everybody else but whom? Themselves. And that's what we have to really, really look at. We have to look at ourselves. And that leads me to what I'm going to talk about. And um, one of my beloved listeners reached out to me. Beloved. She is love, love, love. She's got a very special place in our hearts, my daughter in our hearts. And she reached out to me about my episodes that I've been doing on marriage and um and she was talking about you know before you get married you should be your best self and I want to talk about this I want to expound upon this because I know I mentioned it in some of my episodes when I talked about the fact that many women are so desperate to get married and that desperation in itself means that they're not ready to be married because before you get married, and I agree with my beloved sister, we have to first spend some quality time working on ourselves. And that's not just one-sided. That's not just a woman working on herself. That is, every man who is going to get married needs to spend some time really trying to be him his best self. And the same thing with the women. And there are some activities you can do to do that now here's the thing and i have to emphasize this even when we go into a union a marriage and we we are we're pretty decent people no human being is perfect and i try to emphasize that every time i do a show we are works in progress there are levels to where we can go and we can be you know i can think i'm patient <laughs> you know I, I you know i think i'm pretty patient but then God can take that patience to a higher level. I think I'm a pretty decent person, a good person. God can take that to a higher level, and that's what he wants to do. And so you want to, the whole purpose of that series, and this is going to be part, I think, seven, I believe, is for people to think about these things. Because if you know you have a problem with anger, you're not your best self. We can get angry. But we cannot sin against others and ourselves. 
So that's what, when we say bring your best self, work on that. If you know you have an anger problem, if you know you have a problem with, you know, um, not, you know, working on the level you need to work to greet some of your goals. You know, some people say it's indolence or <laughs> some people say it's laziness, you know, how to be, you know, you have an issue with that. You, it's something you got to work on because when you get married, both people have to bring it. They got to bring the bread. They got to bring the butter because if you don't, then, if, and especially if one person is doing, that's going to create this um, unfair stress and it is going to create turmoil and chaos and the the relationship is going to dissolve. But you have to work hard and work through things. You also have to be a person that's humble, that's willing to listen, and that's hard to do. You know, we don't want people to tell us what our faults are and what's wrong with us. And I'm not saying people should do that all, all the time and, you know, every time, but that needs to be done. We need somebody to check us. Okay, and that's hard. And we and when we do, we need to be able to just listen to it and let ourselves mentally process that even before we respond, because we have this natural tendency. There's another natural tendency we have to defend ourselves. But sometimes we're wrong, and so if we're not, if nobody can tell us anything, if no one can ever correct us, if no one can ever point out something with love, and I want to emphasize that with love. With respect, communication is so critical and it's all about those factors that I mentioned. Timing is so critical. You know, you don't want somebody when you first wake up in the morning to start going off off on you about all your faults and flaws when you first wake up in the morning and you're trying to get yourself together to go, you know, to your job or whatever. You know, you don't want someone to say certain things in anger because it's going to come out with a different energy. And that energy can be hostile. And that energy, when it's peppered and seasoned with anger, it stays with you differently. But when someone says something and it's uncomfortable and it's true, we got to really think about that. We have to prepare for that. And that's bringing your best self. That's being able to listen, being able to take that constructive criticism. And I'm not talking about just nitpicking because I have a rule. You know, if it's not a matter of life and death, if it's not a matter of I'm going to gain something or lose something, don't tell me, you know. But it, but there are some things that I need to know because this could be, lead to me. It could be something could be blocking me from having a blessing. I need to know that. Something can be blocking me from being able to move up or to move out or to whatever. And so those are the kind of things we need. And something could be blocking me from being able to have to coexist with another person in a certain space. And we gotta work on that. And we have to be willing to share. And so those are and so I totally agree with this this listener who shared this feedback. We have to be able to try to work on ourselves. We gotta work on ourselves physically. You know, I know that I could lose some weight. And see, I'm not trying to get married, but for people who do, who want to get married, this is critical because I think some people are upset that people don't want them because of how they look and they feel like, well, people should look on the inside, but no, the outside does make a statement too. And I don't expect someone who is really physically fit and they care about their bodies and how they look. I don't think I don't think it's unfair for them to want somebody who looks like that. 
so if you know that you're, you know, if something, you know, you, you're not physically fed and, you know, you might, now see, this is the thing, health and, health and fitness are two different things. So there are some people who they may not be, look physically fit, but they don't, they're, they're healthy. They don't have any, you know, known medical issues. They're not struggling with any diseases or anything, but they may not look fit, but I get it though. And so if you want to get married and you're looking at so-and-so and, you know, he's all, fine and he goes to the gym and he cares about that then you got to bring that on you got to get yourself together if that's what you want if that's what you want because if he's been he's taking the time to do a workout or push away from the table it's fair for him to want someone who reflects that and that is so fair and that's bringing your best self and that's an issue for a lot of women because they want to get married again this is for the people who want to get married everybody is not out here trying to get married but for those who do this is an issue this is a really big issue because there are women who and I get it you when you're in survival mode you focus on you prioritize your life in a certain way that you think you have to so you may not even prioritize the physical fitness health is different but physical fitness because you're like okay I gotta go to work when am I gonna work out now I work with a lady last year I was I was amazed by this I get so inspired by people but she got she went she got up at four and she went to the gym and she was very physically fit I don't know anything about her health but I know she was physically fit and this lady got up and went to the she got up at four and she went to the gym before she came to work and she would get she would change her clothes sometimes and she was she looked physically fit and I'm sure, probably, you know, I'm just assuming her husband looks the same way, you know, but I don't know. I didn't see her husband, but I'm just saying she was married. She had two sons. They were adults, some grown sons. My point is that that's bringing on your best self. If you say you want a man who's physically fit, then you got to work on that physical fitness. Now, health, again, you should be trying to work on your health, too. But health is, and I'm not going to try to get too deep in this, but health is still a mystery because I know people... And I'm, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a couple of people, but I know one person in particular. You know, ate healthy, vegan, worked out. Every time I worked with her, she was talking about going to the gym and working out. And you know, she wasn't eating certain foods. Every time we had like a, you know, you know, as teachers, they always trying to feed us, and they trying to share they love. And so we get food, and she would, you know, couldn't eat this and couldn't eat that. She's battling, you know, for her life with cancer. So health is different because. And she looked physically fit, beautiful, beautiful countenance. Health is one of those, it's, it's mysterious because a person can be looking physically fit and it seems like they're eating right and they're drinking water and they're doing all these things. And then disease is still a mystery. And then they, they I know so many people. I remember when um, John Travolta's wife died. I don't know, Kelly Preston's death affected me, and I don't know why, because it's not like I really watch Kelly Preston's movies. I don't even, you know, but it was just something about her, and I don't, and I just thought, when I looked at her the few times that I saw her, she just looked like the pillar of health. She's gone, y'all, from cancer. Ravished her body. So, and she looked physically fit, so I just want to emphasize that, not to dwell on that, but, you know, but if you, if you, seeking out marriage because the whole series was on what you should know before you get married you should know about what a person's expectations are for your physical fitness 
Now, again, health is different. A person can not be overweight and be unhealthy and have diseases. But a person who wants somebody that looks physically fit, that's fair. Then they look physically fit, you got to look physically fit. And you have to know that before you get married. And you have to know, I know I heard stories where people would say, especially men will say, you know, if you gain weight, I'm out. And I can't be mad at that. And I'm an overweight woman. I'm a full-figured woman. I can't be mad at that. They say, you know, because when they met you, they were attracted to you looking a certain way and being a certain size. You need to know that before you get married. That If that expectation is for you to weigh, you know, kind of what you weigh now, you weigh 120 pounds, when you get married, you got to kind of stay between 120 and 130. You got to do that. And, and I mean vice versa, because what if, you know, you're like that and you say, oh, if he gains too much weight, I, I'm not going to be attracted. And I, that's fair, I guess, because everybody has their physical attraction level. So, but then on the other hand, you know, what happens if your weight changes as a result of you, something you can't control? Like, what if you get sick and then you take, you know, the sickness can change your weight. Uh, you might can't, you know, be as physically fit. And then the medication can change your weight and how you look. And that's another thing about how you look. So when you talk about look, you know, bring your best. There is a physical side of this. This gets real touchy because your looks are going to change. And I'm going to do a whole podcast in a few minutes about change because my beloved listener brought that up. Now, this is a, that subject is real interesting because people... Sometimes, and I've heard so many stories like this, people get married, before they get married, they're just, the person seems like they're one way, and when they get married, they change and what to do. And you, you, my, my, my answer for that is going to be real radical, and I, and I, it's just going to be real, real radical, and I'm going to tell you a story that's going to probably stick with you, because it stuck with me, but all for the rest of my life, but people change. They get married. And they change. We want to talk about that. But these are things you need to know. The point is, is that we should strive to be our best selves before we get married. We should spend some time with self. And that's why I was saying, I think it was the last episode I did. You need to have a season. Only, you know, I say a season. Some people are going to make it a lifetime like me. But you need to have a season of celibacy and solitude and singleness. You need to spend some time alone. And that time alone helps you do so many things. First of all, it gets you to focus you to focuses you to work on yourself and dig deep within yourself to understand who you are, what you need to do to improve on yourself and so you can be your best self. All the past trauma, all the past mistakes, all the issues that are still with you because we have something called memory. And memories can never, ever be erased except for disease and death. So you've got to work through all that because you're letting past traumas and past mistakes affect you and how you see yourself and what you believe in yourself. And you need to heal. You Healing is possible. And I got to do that episode again. I did that when I first started the episode uh, podcast, Healing is Possible. I did a couple of episodes like that. Healing is possible and there are some actions you need to take, but you got to heal. You have to do a spiritual detoxification. You have to do a spiritual detoxification. A woman, and this will be my book later, <laughs> a woman is like the earth. She's like soil. A man is like a seed. And when women 
allow men to plant their seeds in them. That is what grows. So whatever's in this man, that are men, because many people, when they do get married, very few people get married and they are virginal. So the man has not had sex, the woman has not had sex. You start, you get married, and a woman has allowed a man to implant different men to implant things. All that he is gets inside of her. It becomes a part of her, and it creates all kinds of things. It, it can create different emotions. It can create different diseases, and not just physical diseases, but spiritual diseases. They're STDs, spiritually transmitted diseases, too. And people don't even think about this. I'm working on something help, trust me. I'm in the lab. I've been in the lab and all this stuff. I feel so good about that, too. But anyway, you got all that going on. And then we don't realize that sex is not just a physical act, but it's a spiritual act. And so um, you got to realize that. You know what? I didn't even do my episode on sex. I got to do that. I'm sorry, y'all. I just realized I'm doing this episode. So the next episode that I do is going to be about marriage and sex. That was the one. That was number seven on the list of seven things you need to know before you get mad. I don't think I covered sex, so I'll do it. But I just want to say this. You got to deal with all that. Because you got, you know, I have, I'm almost 60 years old. And I know women my age. And they are looking forward to still finding a man and getting married. And now you got to think in their lifetime, they have had sex with numerous men. So that seed, these men, all these different men have gone into that seed and they planted their seeds in their womb, in their earth. And all of that, you got to detox from all of that. If you really want to be free, and the same thing with a man, a man doesn't know that every time he lays down with a woman and he implants that seed in her and he releases he too is affected by that especially because he's not with these different women and you know so many men this is oh man I tell you this porn thing is just messing men up I mentioned a show that I think I don't know if you should watch it because to me it didn't they didn't have a good um, therapist on there they didn't analyze that right There, there were no lessons out of that but if you can, you if you look at it with a spiritual mindset, you can find the lessons. But the show is called. Um, I'm giving them some free props. It's called Betrayal: The Perfect Husband, about a woman who married a man. She married her college sweetheart. He had already had a family and stuff. They got together, and the man was a sexual demon. I mean, I I can't. He just he was into some stuff that was sick, all kinds of pornography. And y'all, when a man is with a woman, and he has and a man is also like the ground we both are like because we made from dust he is too but he's getting it in through his sight and he's getting everything in through what he hears and with whom he's around and so there's a lot of and he's being in his whole body his eyes and his ears those are his main um entry points and guess what happens he's putting all this in him and then whatever gets in him then he injects it into the woman and there's this vicious cycle and so so many of my men are messed up so many of them are struggling with perversion and then what they want to do they watch all this stuff it's going to affect them they're going to try to act this out on you and I, I admire women who still want to try to take that risk because most men struggle with this it's not every man thank you Jesus not every one of them but many of them struggle with it. Some of them are trying to come out of it. I've read some really good articles, maybe in the last 10 years, 
and I know Time did one, ah, this was a while ago, but it was a really good article with men starting to, you know, understand how the porn was negatively impacting them. So they are ground too, they are earth too, but the way things get in them is a little bit differently. And so it's powerful for men. Their eyesight is more intense. And so they see this stuff, they want to act out on it. And most of the time, they're going to try to act it out on someone. And it may be you, it may be somebody else. And in many cases, the way they get caught is they try to, they start dealing with children. And that's when they, they get really perverted. They start going to children. You've heard the Jared story. This It's just so, it's thousands of people. The FBI ramming in people's houses every day because of this stuff. And it starts there because they are too ground in earth. We are made from the dust. We are made from the dirt. And that's what we return. And you got to watch what you're putting in that soil because what you're fertilizing your soil with. And that's what is happening. So I got to end this. The red light is on, baby. We have to be our best selves. That's critical before we get involved with anybody and before we're serious about marriage because it's a commitment. The next episode, I'm going to talk about marriage and change. When your spouse changes, peace and abundant blessings to you and yours. I love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.